Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. Come winter time, the rain must fall. Till once again, the new year and the springtime call. In order to demonstrate the animation process, we're going to turn you into an animated character. Does this mean I'm only going to have three fingers? You can fly to a magic kingdom that's right outside your hotel window. To Walt Disney World in Florida. On Easter, the airline of Walt Disney World. The airline that believes dreams really can come true. The wings of man. W. Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this, my friends, is show number 95 for the week of November 30th, 2008. We'll start off this week's show by getting into the holiday spirit with a festive look at one of the very best ways to celebrate the seasons at Walt Disney World, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Joining me this week to talk about the party, what it entails, and the best ways to enjoy and get the most out of it is my former co-host for the day, Lori Burke, as we both agree that this is one of the best special events in Walt Disney World and most enjoyable times of year to visit. Some time ago, I began a segment on the show called The Seven Wonders of Walt Disney World. Inspired by the seven wonders of the modern world, we looked at things in Walt Disney World that were so amazing so impressive or important that they rose to the level of a true wonder. And after getting through six, we saved the very best for last. This week, a roundtable of guests including Glenn Whalen, Tim Foster, George Taylor, and Disney's chief magic official Justin Michoni join me to try and put into words what it is about the cast members that really creates the magic that is Walt Disney World. I'll announce the winner of last week's celebrity contest and give you another new question this week before playing some of your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. There's a special time of year when castle spires glisten with sparkling ice. When voices of a candlelit choir skip across the air. And when the world just seems a little bit brighter. Holiday magic unfolds everywhere around our world. Come celebrate at the place where dreams come true. Walt Disney World. As you've heard me say countless times in the past, and probably even more so over the next few weeks, the holidays really are one of the most spectacular times of year to visit Walt Disney World. In fact, I'd go so far as saying that visiting during the holidays is a completely different experience than any other time of the year. From the decorations, to the music, the lights, the resorts, and so much more, not to mention that it's also value season, depending on when you go, there really is so much to enjoy about the holidays in Walt Disney World. And I think really that one of the best ways to enjoy Disney during this time, and in fact celebrate the entire season itself, is by attending Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. It really 
encapsulates everything you love about Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom, coupled with everything that you enjoy about the Christmas season. So to talk with me this week about what really is one of my favorite special events, and technically I guess it's a tradition for me at this point, is back by popular demand, hers, my one and only <laughs> co-host for the day, Lori Burke. Hi, Lou. <laughs> Lori, welcome back. And let's be clear, no money exchanged hands for this segment. But really, I had such a good time during the day that you spent with me on the show as co-host. And since I know how much you love Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, I thought it would be fun to have you on and talk about it with you. Oh, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Good, good. So let's start off first, obviously, by talking about what Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is, because I think not everybody realizes that there is this special event that goes on during the holidays and and let's be clear first of all that it is it's a special hard ticketed event um the magic kingdom closes down and then from 7 p.m till midnight they really sort of dress the park up even more so than just the normal decorations and there's special entertainment and fireworks and lights and character greetings and your favorites of course that the dance party and if you think that it never snows in florida um Obviously, you have not seen the magic that they create can create over on Main Street. Yeah, it's. Um, I think the snow on Main Street is like one of my favorite things. I could just stand there for hours, but don't put your tongue out and try to catch it. <laughs> right, it, it is not, not real good. snow. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> shh, it's soap. Okay, shh. <laughs> the secret. <laughs> but I mean, again, this is a party that we love, and we'll talk about it, you know, in much more detail. But you know, the snow on Main Street. One of the things, Lori, I love doing is just spending time. I've got this little spot that I like to sit on Main Street, listening to the music, looking at the lights, watching the snow, watching the expressions on the adults and kids that are walking down, watching it snow while I'm sipping a hot chocolate or, you know, insert snack item of your choice there. (laughs) Eating all those good cookies. Exactly. So now, obviously, you've gone in the past. How many times have you been to the party? Twice. Okay. Last year, you went last year? Yeah, last year during Mouse Fest, and then the year before that, uh, my husband and I went, and we're going this year too. And as I was going to say, I assume you're obviously going this year for Mouse Fest um, as well. And this, um, no, actually, when the my family's doing their little holiday trip before Mouse Fest, okay. and that's when we're going. So I get to take my daughter for the first time, and she's really excited. I can imagine. I can imagine. But you're actually illustrating a great point that the party is not just. For kids, um, you know, we're going to go through all the different things that are going on. And yes, maybe, you know, not all the adults will be dancing at the dance parties by themselves. But there's so much more that goes on for adults, too, that I think makes this one of the best parties um, and certainly one of the best special events. And this, a lot of people don't realize, Lori, this is something that's been going on. This is actually the 25th year that Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party has been going on. The first one was back in December on the 16th, back in 1983. Were you, well, it does, doesn't even seem like it's been yet, 25 yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, and since we're talking about dates, um, obviously Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party doesn't happen every single night during the holidays. It began on November 10th, which I know seems a little early maybe for a Christmas party, but it's great because for those people that can't come down during the Christmas season, it gives them an opportunity to experience the holiday decorations and the party. So remaining dates in November include just the 30th, but in December, it's on the 2nd, 4th, 5th, 7th, 9th, 11th, 12th, 14th, 16th, 18th, and 19th. Obviously, I'll put these up in the show notes. And again, it runs from 7 o'clock 
until midnight. And if you're going to be in the parks that day, you don't have to leave and then come back in. You can stay, get your wristband. But if you are not attending the party, you do need to be out uh, before 7 o'clock, just like the the not-so-scary Halloween party and pirate and princess parties. Right, yeah. I like the fact that you can get in before the 7 o'clock slot and enjoy the park a little bit. It's almost like a little bonus when you go. Right. If you have a ticket, you don't have to wait until 7 o'clock. They'll start letting you in really about, you know, 4 o'clock or so. Um, so you can, if you don't want to use, say, one of your um, one of your Magic Way, your way day tickets or on, on that day, you can spend the day back at your hotel and just use your Christmas party ticket to get in for that evening. So Yeah. And speaking of tickets, um, you know, we need to obviously talk about cost uh, because it is not free to get in. And there are sort of a number of different pricing structures. Um, there are premium date prices and, and that also apply for purchases made on the day of the event. And those are about $59 for adults, $49.95 uh, for children. There are advanced purchase um, options as well. So if you do buy it in advance of the, the Christmas party that day, it goes down to $48.95 for adults, $42.95 for kids. And if you're an annual pass holder, or a DVC member, there are certain nights. So for on December 7th, 9th, and 16th, you can use your pass to get a discount, $45.95 plus tax for adults and $39.95 plus tax for kids. So you can save really $10 per person if you're a pass holder or DVC member and can go on one of those um, discount nights. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're actually going December 7th because I'm a DVC member. So it's pretty good to save about 10 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. And when you start talking about going with a family of four, five, six, seven, it definitely starts to add up. So let me ask you this then. Is it worth the cost to you? You know, let's get it. Let's get this out of the way right off the bat. Is it worth $60 to you to go to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party? For me, it is. I I love these special parties and, you know, the Halloween party, the Christmas party. It's just, it's fun. It's different. It's not as crowded. Sometimes it can be depending what day of the week you're there. But I think I probably eat that much worth of cookies and hot chocolate to make it worth (laughs) my money to uh, go in there. But it's just, it's the atmosphere, I think, and all the special things that go on. Absolutely love it. Uh, I agree. Um, As wonderful as Walt Disney World and especially the Magic Kingdom is during the holidays the things that they add on during the party um, I do I I find that it's worth it I've never left even if I've only been able to go for a couple of hours and didn't feel as though I got my money's worth and there are just maybe even one or two of the special events that go on that make me feel that way and we'll sort of touch on those as as actually what's going on so uh, there are things that are going on during the party that you can see on most nights let's not um, you know let's be clear so people know Certain things like the decorations and obviously the holiday music uh, are up every day. So if you are going on a, on a night that the Christmas party is not on, you can still enjoy that. Obviously, they also have the tree lighting ceremony that takes place um, each night. And there's also the castle lighting ceremony um, that takes place every night at around 630. But let's talk about the castle lighting ceremony in terms of Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, because I would definitely suggest getting there early. This is something... That is worth seeing. Granted, the castle will be lit when the party starts, but watching the, the castle lighting ceremony, I think, is just spectacular. I have seen people cry at it. That's how blown away they were. Um, and this year, I've had a chance to see it already, and I think it's more beautiful than it has been in the past. Oh, yeah, it is absolutely breathtaking. I watch it like on YouTube or something, and the first time I've seen it, I just sat there and bawled. It's, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And I can't wait for my daughter to see it. 
And having seen it in person and online, there's no comparison. Oh, not even, not even close. And you, you know, you really need to be there at least a good 15, 20 minutes ahead of time. So, you know, you get a good spot because there is a little bit of uh, that show beforehand. So, you know, try to get some great pictures, but it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's one of the things that for me just never gets old. So, all right. So let's talk about some of the things that do go on during the party because there are a lot of special events and there's a lot to do beyond just the attractions. And let's again, get this out of the way, there are a number of attractions that are open late, much like a lot of the other parties. You can go and and ride some of the e-ticket attractions like Peter Pan's Flight, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Space Mountain, and for the most part, Lori, the wait times, I mean, if they've ever been more than 10 minutes, I think that's a lot. Oh, yeah, you can practically, I think, walk on rides, especially during, like, the first parade. We were back, you know, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, and we just kept getting on and riding and Nothing like riding Big Thunder at night. Oh, absolutely. And the weather's nice and cool, and it's just a completely different experience. And, you, you know, depending on, like, if you ride the TTA at night, you see the, the castle all lit up in the distance. Uh, I think it's not that there's ever really a line for the TTA, but still one of my favorites. <laughs> so. <laughs> but even, like, Astro Orbiter, um, you know, at night, and you see the castle in the distance, um, it's a lot of fun. And for, for some people, Lori... That, for them, is kind of worth that additional price, not having to worry about wait online, although the lines during this time of year um, are not really all that bad, except if you start getting much closer to, um, obviously, exactly Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's. Um, but again, for a lot of people, that's something that they want. That, that's definitely a, an added value to the, to the Christmas party ticket. Yeah, you know, and for me, it's about experience, all the other special things going on, and if we get to ride on the rides, it's like a bonus. Right. We're, you know, going to see the special shows, making sure we see the parade and the holiday wishes. And, you know, if we have time to do something else, then we'll go do it. And if not, then, you know, I still, you know, get my money's worth doing all those extra fun things. Right. For me, it's less about riding the attractions as opposed to being able to wander the parks near empty, especially as it gets later on at night, listening to the music, uh, you know, watching the people, just sort of getting a feel for the atmosphere, enjoying the park at night almost empty with friends. So that for me is one of the things that I get out of going to the Christmas party. But let's talk about some of the specific events. And the first one we'll talk about is the Celebrate the Season show. That takes place at the Castle Four Court stage three times a night, 7.45, 10 o'clock, 11.30. It's, uh, without telling you too much about the show, it's basically Mickey and Minnie and a number of other characters uh, doing some things from nut nut. Wow, try and say that three times fast. Nut the Nutcracker Suite. <laughs> nut, it's Donald Duck. It's the Nutcracker Suite. It's the Nutcracker Suite. And again, you know, it's, it's one of the wonderful shows. The uh, characters here have the articulated faces like some, a lot of the other shows. And obviously you've seen this one before. Yes, I have. And your thoughts? Oh, it's really cool. We actually were watching the uh, DVD the other night and, you know, Cassie's pointing to things and laughing at them and having a good old time. She thought Donald was funny on the stage show. She wanted me to mention that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't about Donald, but yeah, it's, it's cute because you know, you have your ballerinas and the, all the dancers around and the, the reindeer and the horses and yeah, exactly. You know, goofy as Santa's great. Right. And you made a good point before. That's one of the tips I think that we were both going to probably give later on, which is if you can, you know, if you can, you know, caffeine it up and go later, the later shows, Anything that we're going to talk about, um, you know, that goes on during the party, the later shows are definitely less crowded 
than the earlier ones. The kids start, you know, going down relatively early. So if you can wait and catch the 1130 Celebrate the Season show, you you might not have to get there as early. Maybe to get a little bit of a better uh, viewing spot for it. Yeah, you know, if you want to do some of those rides, do them. Try to do them first thing and try to catch all the, the shows in that, at a later time. Especially if the kids are still up for it and going and not crashing. Exactly. Um, something else that goes on right around there is the Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade. Again, for a lot of people, Lori, this is worth the price of admission. This takes place two times a night, 8.15 and 10.30, so you can stay there maybe, watch the Celebrate the Season show, 7.45, hang out, wait, you've got a good spot, just turn around and face the parade route at 8.15, or you can do the same thing at 10 o'clock. This is completely different than what you're going to see as opposed to Spectral Magic or any of the other parades. Um, There's a lot of really fun, very festive, obviously, uh, different parade floats. Obviously, Santa Claus kind of kinds of closes it out. Um, and this is one of the things I love. I mean, from like the wooden soldiers, one of my favorite, favorite parts of the entire parade. Oh, yeah. It's actually my mom loves the soldiers. They're, yeah, can't help but just fall in love with them. Yeah. I actually had last year, I had this really cool photo. Like they're walking down Main Street. And for whatever reason, one just turns the opposite direction and goes over and starts talking to a cast member. So I have like this funny photo that he's like not in line. And he's like, we're like, I wonder what he's saying to her. <laughs> but yeah, March they could just the, do a whole parade of that and I'd yeah. be happy. March of the defective wooden soldier that was that you were able to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's, I mean, the Christmas music is, is wonderful. I mean, it's, it's a mix of traditional Christmas music and a little bit more modern Christmas music. And there's Disney music thrown in there as well there's the dancing deer and obviously a lot of characters um through the parade as well and it's a long parade i mean it's this this is no short parade and there are a lot of floats um in the christmas time parade oh yeah and um i actually like the the green army men band they're uh they're pretty funny and i don't know how they can manage to walk and play some of those instruments sometimes but them and like the uh, ss disney steamboat mm-hmm the like Dixieland band, ragtime band that's on there. Yeah, they're really it's yeah, the whole parade in itself is just amazing. Yeah, and there are so many different great places to watch it. Obviously Main Street can get a little crowded, um, but by the same token there's there's something about watching a parade coming down Main Street that I think is just a little extra special. There are some other really good spots to watch, uh, like in Frontierland. Sometimes you can find a, a few nice spots um, off to the side. Um, and obviously the hub as well and again the later the later parade will be much much less crowded than the 815 parade but yeah um, if you do catch the early parade and you want to hang out you can sort of make an evening of just sort of you know laying down base camp at the hub because then you can watch the special version of the holiday wishes that takes place once a night and that's at 9 30 yeah and actually i found that uh, my holiday wishes cd the other day i was getting out my christmas music and forgot I had it, that they actually sell the, the music to Holiday Wishes with the, uh, the Jam and Jungle parades on there, too. And one of the real special treats that goes on uh, takes place over in the Galaxy Palace Theater. And some people are probably saying, well, what is that? Where is that? That's over by Buzz Lightyear. That's the often um, underused theater. And that's where the Mickey's Twas the Night Before Christmas takes place, up to five times a night. So starting at 7 o'clock, it's 7, 8, 9, 10, 15, and 11, 15. And there's obviously a lot of opportunity to see that show, which is good because it does fill up to capacity. And it's obviously Mickey and the characters sort of doing their retelling of passages 
from the Twas the Night Before Christmas poem. Yeah, I think the very first Christmas party I went to, this was the very first thing we did was go see the show. And, I mean, it definitely gets you in that holiday spirit, that's for sure. Yeah, and don't pass this one up. Um, I think this is really one of the, the nicer things that they offer. The show's only about a half hour long. It seems much longer. There's a lot of different music in there and not just classic music, but... All right, kids, this, this was relatively modern music like Santa Baby. So you'll hear Mickey, uh, Minnie singing Santa Baby to Goofy. Um, I think it's really a fun show. There's a live orchestra that plays as well. Very, very well done. Uh, and again, one of those things that for people, I think, is worth that price of admission. Yeah, I like the uh, dancing hippos in the, uh, you know, <laughs> ballet scene. <laughs> it's the Disney twist of it. Exactly. But wait, there's even more. There, there is more to see and more to do. Uh, Belle has her own little show over in her, in her little fairy tale garden. She does the Enchanted Christmas Storytelling at 7.15, 8, 10, 10 o'clock, and 11.15. She tells her, her own little story of a, a Christmas that she once experienced. Now, have you ever seen this, or is this something you're waiting to take your daughter to? I have not seen it yet, and we're, you know, we plan on going and taking her... You know, two there because you know, if anybody remembers from the last time, Cassie was Chip and not Mrs. Potts. So, uh, yeah, and you know, I think she has a special uh, holiday dress on too when she tells the story. Yeah, and I and I love this little theater because it's tucked sort of out of the way um, in Fantasyland by Tomorrow by Tomorrowland by Cosmic Rays. It's a very small, very intimate theater. I think we talked about this at length last time you were on the show, and I think this is one of the things that especially kids will really enjoy because they can get so up close um, to Belle, which, you know, guys like us enjoy as well, so. <laughs> yeah, who really wants to go see Belle? Is All it right. really kids I, or the dads? So I use my kid as an excuse. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> obviously, the reason why you go are for the character dance parties. And there's one that takes place over in Cosmic Rays, a Starlight Cafe in Tomorrowland. There's also one in Ariel's Grotto in Fantasyland. That's where you'll see Lady Tremaine and her oh-so-attractive uh, step daughters, uh, Drizella and Anastasia from Cinderella, and over at Cosmic Rays, I believe it's Stitch and Chip and Dale who sort of come out and get involved with the kids and kids at heart at this dance party. Yeah, and surprisingly, I have not danced at one yet. I'm happy that you said yet. Because, yet. Right. <laughs> well, now that, you know, I'm taking my daughter, I hopefully I can even get Cassie away from it for her to enjoy the rest of the party, but uh, I have a feeling we'll be eating at Cosmic Rays that night so she can, you know, we can sit up there and eat and she can go down and dance and have a good old time. And burn off some of those sugar cake cookies, which is Oh, uh, cookies. <laughs> We're not quite there. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. get there. That's one of the other things that, that is offered during the holiday party is free holiday cookies and hot chocolate. There's also apple slices if for some reason you want to be health conscious during the party. But it's a party, so have cookies and hot cocoa. And, you know, it gets chilly there at night, especially during in the holidays. And again, there's something about being able to grab one of those cookies and sit and sort of either watch the parade or just people watch or watch the fireworks. Yeah, and I uh, also found out there is sugar-free hot chocolate and sugar-free cookies and gluten-free cookies, as, you know, as long as with the apple juice and the apple slices. But yeah, I pretty much stock up on the cookies, take a little extra Ziploc bag with me, take some in there, and <laughs> you know, then I have them for the rest of the time to enjoy back in my room. <laughs> Are you going you, you gonna to finish that cookie, kid? Because I'll, I'll take it back with me. Yeah, I've been known to take cookies out of kids' hands. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> and not my own kid. <laughs> One of the things I really like about the party, too, and, you know, they're, they're 
relatively small, they're not, you might not even necessarily find them on the map, might be things like the holiday carolers on Main Street. And like you said, some of the characters that you'll see, like Santa Goofy and Mickey. And you can also obviously find Santa Claus, not only in the parade, but you'll also be able to find him um, on Main Street for a photo opportunity. There's other photo opportunities around the parks as well with um, Donald, I believe, in Fantasyland. I think Snow White is also in Fantasyland. Stitch, I believe you can take pictures with him in Tomorrowland. And as part of your entry fee and package, you can save 40% on your PhotoPass photos, I believe. Yeah, which is good because we uh, actually got all matching hats, my family, for when we go to the Christmas party. They're like the Pluto hats with the reindeer ears on them. So we plan on uh, wearing those and getting lots of pictures on our PhotoPass. Excellent. And, you know, something else we should mention too, Lori, is that they only they, there's a very limited number of tickets, relatively speaking, that are sold for the Christmas parties. So for the most part, you're not going to have to worry about it being as crowded as it would be on a normal night. Now, Disney doesn't say exactly how many tickets they sell. People have tried to approximate 20, 25,000, maybe even a little bit higher than that. And that may sound like a lot, but compared to the crowds that you might get other times during this time of year, it really is not a lot at all. And again, when you find, you'll find yourself not really having to wait in line at a lot of these attractions or even a lot of these shows. Yeah, you know, and probably the most crowded area is going to be around the hub during, you know, the holiday wishes and the parade. Other than that, you know, I think it's all pretty much spread out that it's, it's not going to be packed. I mean, if it was Christmas Eve or, you know, closer when the, uh, the parks start getting busier, it might be a little bit busier. Or like if you're going on a Friday when the locals are coming in, it could be busier, but if it was me, I would I would go like on a, during the week, like a Tuesday or Thursday or a Sunday when the locals aren't going to come in. Absolutely. Great tip. Um, excellent, excellent tip. If you can go midweek, definitely try and do that. It will be much less crowded. But uh, lest we forget, Lori Loves Taker, how do Woo-hoo. we not talk about food options that are available at the Magic Kingdom during the Christmas party? Uh, because you should be aware, not everything is open. Not everything will be open the entire time. Um, obviously, Cosmic Rays is open. Pecos Bills in Frontierland, one of the best hamburgers on property, is open. Uh, sit down. You also have Tony's Town Square, Liberty Tree Tavern, Casey's on Main Street is open as well. And there's also a lot of the little stands that are open as well, like the Village Fry Shop, uh, the Pizza Wagon over in Liberty Square, uh, obviously the Confectionery, Main Street Suites, things like that are open. But uh, if you are looking to do a sit-down meal, definitely try and get an ADR as far in advance as possible. I and mean, that just goes without saying you know, anytime, but even for during the Christmas party, if you do want to eat at Liberty Tree or Tony's and you know when you're going to the Christmas party, um, definitely try and call ahead and make an ADR. Yeah, and if they do that, I would suggest doing it, like, do something earlier, like when you can get in at 4 o'clock on your party ticket, like go in at 4 o'clock on your party ticket, eat, you know, 4.30 around that time, then you that's out of the way, so when the party technically does start at 7, you know, you can do all those things and you're not, you know, sitting at Liberty Tree eating, wishing that, you know, you were out partying and you're not getting your money's worth because you're sitting there eating your dinner. Right. And, and to that point, you can go someplace like the Crystal Palace, get one of their last seatings of the evenings before the, the party starts, go there, and then, like you said, you have the rest of the night to sort of wander and graze and eat cookies to your heart's content. Yeah, I'm not eating dinner. I'm just going to eat cookies and you know, <laughs> maybe some popcorn during the parade. you got to have your popcorn, maybe a Dole Whip. Oh, absolutely. God, I think I'm just not like peppermint Dole Whip somehow. No. See, I thought I was bad with the food, but you're even worse. All right. So let's talk (laughs) about hanging around you. (laughs) Let's talk about some of our other 
tips. Uh, obviously, we recommend it if you want to ride attractions, try and go early on. Try going during the first parade times, uh, during the first show times. Obviously, it, it stands to reason that if possible, try and go to the later shows. Um, if you are able to stay up late and can hit the last shows of the evening, they'll be much, much less crowded. The kids will have um, come down from their sugar highs and been, you know, on their way back to the resorts by then. Yeah, and I would even say, like, if you want to see, like, characters, do that during, like, the first parade. Go back into, like, Toontown and, you know, get in line there to see princesses. And I'm not sure if Tinkerbell is open during party time or not, but it'd be wonderful if she was. And uh, do that when everybody else is, you know, is waiting. And before, not so much during party during parades and pretty much got went back in line, got out of line, got back. Right. But... So I do not believe that it is. But we very well may be wrong, and it's from this year's Christmas party. Obviously, I, trying to see as much as you can. Um, you know, go into the different shows. A couple of things that I think are just must-sees. I think you have to see the parade and the fireworks. Um, I, those are two of the things that I really enjoy most about the Christmas party. Yeah, you know what? You didn't mention shopping. Oh, we're getting there. Don't you oh, worry. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, I got to shop. All right. Go ahead. Leave my credit card at home, but go ahead. Um, sometimes there's exclusive merchandise, very limited editions. About seven o'clock, I've seen people handing out at the uh, the Emporium, just waiting for the stuff to go out. So you know, if there's a shirt you want or an ornament that you definitely think you need to have, you know, try to be at a merchandise spot, you know, seven o'clock, a little bit afterwards to get that. Now, I know in the past they've only released the pins like one per party night, like one design. Right. But I believe this year they're releasing all of them at one time, but, you know, they all have different dates on them, maybe. Right, and that's the one thing I was going to mention, is that if you are a pin collector or if you're interested in maybe uh, remembering or, or commemorating your visit to the Christmas party, there are special individual limited edition pins that are going to be released um, in Tomorrowland, Fantasyland, Frontierland, and a number of shops on Main Street. And my understanding is that guests can purchase up to two of these pins Per person, per style, per party, per... Per uh, everything. Per everything. (laughs) (laughs) So two per style, per person, per party of the special edition pins. Yeah, and I think there might even be special pass holder pins for party nights. But nobody quote me on that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a pin collector, so I can't... You know, pin collectors are are screaming at their iPods now. I'm not a pin collector, so I don't know. But I'm sure there's a wide variety of pins to choose from. So even if you just pick up one, just so you kind of remember that this is the year that you went to the Christmas party or that you took your grandchild for the first time to the Christmas party. Yeah, that's what we usually do. At least pick up, you know, one for me. I'm sure Cass will get one because she actually does like the pin trade, but that's not a pin she will be trading. But yeah, and I think they have special sets too, like the frame sets. Yeah, there's frame sets and box sets. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking sort of outside my comfort level because I don't know exactly what is released and um, what, you know, is popular with the pin collectors. But... Um, you know, sort of all in all, I, I think we both agree that we, we personally love the Christmas party. Do you think that this is something that is a must do? Um, do you think this is something that people should do every time they come down during the holidays? Is this something that you think people should do only once or maybe, well, maybe it's not just for everybody. Um, I think everybody should experience at least once. You know, I've read things where people are like, don't go, it's awful, it was so crowded. And, you know, everybody's opinion is different and it always depends on the person. But I would say definitely do it once, experience it for yourself and make your own opinion. And if you enjoy doing it, then go 
every year that you're there or every other time, you know, because I'm sure it changes every time you're going to have a different experience from the first experience to like the next experience. So it's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I can't wait to go and take my daughter to it for the first time and see it through her eyes. I agree. And you're right. It is a very subjective thing, although I do, I do recommend people go and try it at least once um, because I think different people might take different things away from it. For some people, it might be for the fireworks. It might be the parade. It could be the attractions. For me, looking down Main Street, uh, what I like to do is, if possible, I like to stay as late as possible. Um, You know, the the party ends around midnight, but they will not start kicking you out. You know, you'll be able to sort of wander the shops on Main Street. But looking down that near-empty Main Street with the music and the snow falling and, and the special lights and the decorations... Um, it's something I really, really enjoy, especially during the Christmas party. And it's something, like I said, that's become somewhat of a tradition for me um, as part of something I do during Mouse Fest with friends. I've also taken my wife. I've taken my kids. We really enjoy it. Um, we definitely feel as though we get our money's worth. And uh, I think, like I said, everybody will be able to take something different from it. And there's something to enjoy for everybody. Yeah, I think last year when Mom and I were down at Mouse Fest time, I don't think we left the park till about one because I wanted to wait and get, you know, really good castle pictures when nobody was around. And I did. I pretty much just sat there in front of the castle with my tripod and waited for people to leave so I can get, you know, a couple nice pictures of it. Right. And, and I understand, you know, especially if you have a large family, you're on a budget. It, it may be tough. Um, but if there is a way to do it, maybe, you know, maybe you don't have one of the nicer sit-down meals one night so that you guys can go to the Christmas party. I think it's worth it. I think making that, that trade-off. Yes, I'm actually trading off food for the Christmas party. That's how good I think it is. <laughs> and one thing to mention is do not go to a park all day before you go to the Christmas party because it just gets to be too long of a day. And believe me, the next day you will definitely regret it. That's I a know great I, point. Yeah, that is I've a done it in the past and I have felt awful like the next day like i i've gotten hit by a mac truck <laughs> yeah, yeah if like, we have young kids i mean you don't want to try and push yes. young kids uh we've all seen it way too often parents are like look you're gonna have a good time and you're like and i'm we're getting our every cent worth don't do it or if you do maybe go to you know the studios earlier in the day go back take a rest relax maybe bring some warm clothes with you that's something else i would definitely suggest doing it does get warm during the day. It, it does have a tendency sometimes to get cool at night. You can put it in a locker if you need it. Um, but, yeah, don't push yourself or your kids um, too far if you can. All right. I think our plan is Cassie's doing Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique at 2 o'clock in the castle. So I don't think we're, you know, even going to get to the park till maybe 1, 1.30 that day and just kind of relax and take it easy and wait for the party to start and put those cookies out. Oh, see, that's great. So she'll be all dressed up. She's going to feel like a princess. She's going to have the entire Christmas party and, and the park, you know, to yourself. So I think that's really nice. Nice way. Nice memories that you're going to create for her and for yourselves, obviously, as well. Yeah. And you have to dress festive, like dress, dress for it. Wear your Santa hat and your Christmas sweater or sweatshirt and, you know, have fun. I think Cassie actually has red and green tights that she's going to wear with shorts or whatever, as long as it's warm enough out and, you know, really get into it and celebrate it and have fun with it exactly and take the time if you can to just wander the park with whomever you're with friends family whatever explore the park wander the park enjoy the holiday music enjoy where you are and when you are um, doing what like i said arguably one of if not the best times of year to go to walt disney world so 
Uh, Lori, I am looking forward to seeing you in just a couple of weeks down there during the holiday season uh, for Mouse Fest and all the associated festivities. Please go and visit Lori's new blog over at wewantstheredhead.blogspot.com. I'm sure you'll be blogging about your events, and uh, we expect pictures of your daughter from the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Oh, there will definitely be lots of pictures. And um, can I make a little plug here? Please do. To, uh, I'm looking for sponsors for the half uh, marathon down at Walt Disney World, January 10th, which happens to be my birthday. But uh, that's to, a double uh, make plug. Don- you got a double plug in there. You want sponsors and presents. I want to, but not only want present. My, the present would be people sponsoring me. You know, the dream team on the first giving site for uh, for the half marathon, so we can hit that a hundred percent by a hundred shows. Awesome, thank you, and and obviously, best of luck. You know, running in the marathon this year. I will be there to cheer you on. <laughs> you said running, <laughs> <laughs> running, walking, crawling. You know, you can't eat cookies on the course. Lori Burke, my co-host for the day, my one and only co-host for the day. Thanks so much for joining me and talking about, obviously, one of our favorite parties of the year. Oh, thanks. It's been a lot of fun. And I can't wait to see you, you know, next couple of days. See you soon. Bye. Bring cookies. <laughs> single day we are privileged to have a small part in making a dream come true. My daily job is uh, making sure that those children who come through the front gate get their dreams and their wishes fulfilled. Now you open the park in the morning everybody comes down to ride uh, California Screaming. The Alice Ride, the Teacup Ride, uh, Mr. Toad, Peter Pan and the Carousel. I like to dream. To fly. Can't fly. I'm in the parade department. It's great. I'm a toy. Yes, a wind-up toy. We get to, you know, perform for the guests. Hi, Tinkerbell! When I was a child, I wanted to dance at Disneyland. You can tell on their face how much they're enjoying it. Now I'm here. I get to perform with Sully and Mike every single day. I don't think there's a better job in the world. I get to interact with all kinds of people. Dreams are important in life because when you dream of something, you can actually make that dream come to real life. Everybody has dreams. There's dreams that you get when you sleep. There's dreams that you get when you're walking. Uh, There's dreams that you get when you're daydreaming. A cowboy. Being a cowboy was the greatest thing. I'm Scoop Sanderson. I'm the Main Street Gazette reporter. I sure do like watching uh, people eat ice cream for breakfast. I would love the idea of going into space. Fun. I actually did want to be an astronaut growing up. That's what I try to do here, make people feel like they're actually in the space station. It's a good feeling to go home to, knowing that you made people's dreams come true. Cinderella Castle is what I see every single day when I come to work. Cinderella, she's a, she's a fairy tale come to life, so she's... Let me start off by saying, boy, did I let this one slip through the cracks because many, many, many moons ago, I started a segment on the show called The Seven Wonders of Walt Disney World. And they were inspired by the seven wonder, seven, see, wow, the seven wonders of the modern world. And with the feedback and suggestions from readers and listeners really worldwide, we looked at some of the reasons why we keep coming back to Walt Disney World and why we believe 
in that magic that we talk about. But there are so many elements about Walt Disney World that rise to the level of being a marvel or something that's so amazing in its own right. And the possibilities really are endless for what each of us might consider to be a true wonder. And the list included everything from technological advancements to attractions, engineering feats, structures, accomplishments, and some good old Disney magic. And I got through six. And yes, the seventh, and in my opinion, the best was saved for last. And it, or they, is, or are, the cast members of Walt Disney World. And believe it or not, this may be the most difficult one of all the wonders to talk about. And I certainly cannot and would not try and talk about this wonder on my own, especially because so many experiences with the cast members are so subjective. So I thought, instead of gathering some friends who have been on the show before to sit around the virtual roundtable and discuss the cast members as a wonder. So in sort of no particular order, I want to welcome in first Tim, Top 10 Tim Celebrations Magazine Guide to the Magic Foster. Tim, welcome back. Hello. Glenn, Dr. Passamaquoddy Whalen. That's what you say Great hi. to be here. <laughs> George Taylor, the head nerd over at ImagineNerding.com. Howdy, everyone. And the quintessential cast member, the best of the best, everybody's favorite maker of magic, Walt Disney World's first and currently still only chief magic official, Justin Machoni. Thanks for having me back, Lou. You still make me blush. And I, and I still spend weeks on the introduction. I want you guys to know that. <laughs> I am so jealous of that introduction. Wow. <laughs> Good. Glenn's or, or, or Justin's? Justin's. Wow. <laughs> So, guys, like I said, I saved what I think really is the best or maybe even the most important of the seven wonders for last. Because I think if I had to rank them in order of importance, this would have been first on the list. And I think we could probably all agree that what makes Walt Disney World truly special and magical and insert whatever your own word is there isn't just the details and the attractions and God, I, it pains me to say, yes, even the food, but it really is the people, and the cast members truly make magic for all of us. I mean, do each of you guys agree? And if so, why? Maybe, you know, Glenn and then George, Tim, and, and Justin, sort of in that order, <laughs> to try and keep oh, some have semblance of order. Absolutely. I think one of the earliest memories of Disney actually has to do with cast members, not so much attractions. What about you, George? Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, can you imagine waiting in line for somebody to tell you which boat to get into on Pirates with, you know, I have to decide myself, but <laughs> I agree with Glenn. Just the fact that they're, they're everywhere and they make it such an incredible place to be. Yeah, and I think, I agree. And it's just, as we'll talk later, I'm sure it's it's the little things they do. It's not even anything major you can point to. It's the little smile, the little wink, the little story. And I think we all have endless examples of that. Yes. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more from every experience that I've had. Um, and Walt, Walt intended it that way. I mean, he knew from the beginning when he when he started Disneyland that it was going to be about the people. And um, and even to this day, they're doing a great job of that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you know, because I, uh, I'm sure we agree and it's first on the list, it really is the hardest one to sort of quantify. You know, when we talk about something like Spaceship Earth, it's very easy to go through it, or Cinderella Castle or the monorail. But here, our experiences are so... Personal, they're so subjective, but I think there are a lot of those experiences 
that are very similar. You know, the details might be different, but there's a common thread through them all. You know, we have a unique experiences, but we all have our own, own stories, our own magical moments, um, but there are always those things that sort of make your Walt Disney World experience amazing for you or your family or for either other people that you see. And I know that not just from myself and other people, but when I announced that this was going to be one of the wonders, I was literally flooded with hundreds of emails and voicemails because people, and this thing that I found so fascinating was that they felt compelled to share their stories, to to really demonstrate how powerful what the cast members do really is. I mean, do each of you guys have, you know, when I talked about being a wonder, do you have a certain memory or a moment or, or a time that you can think back and say, yeah, th- this was it. This was that story with the cast member that really sort of hit home for me. Tim, go ahead. What, why don't you start us off? I mean, is there a, a story or a moment that really kind of sticks out in your mind? You know, <clears throat> this is why it was so hard because I have <clears throat> probably hundreds of stories I could think of. But um, I, and it's funny because they're all little. They're very little, little things. And I, the one that I always like to tell people is uh, we were at the uh, Whispering Canyon in uh, the Wilderness Lodge, and we had a very. Uh, they're all very. Uh, you know, vibrant and vocal over there anyway but we had Marshall Zeke was our waiter of the day and and the one thing that stands out is my daughter adores chocolate milk and she wanted <clears throat> she got chocolate milk and she got a second chocolate milk and Marshall Zeke caught on to this and he finally came out so this is for you sweet pea and he drops down a big quart of chocolate milk and she got she got a whole chocolate milk to herself and it ended badly though there was kind of a got sick <laughs> incident in our room about a half an hour later but <laughs> um, but and I said there's hundreds. We have like the uh, my first uh, cast experience I think was the super waiter Dan at the Concourse Steakhouse, and he just turned our an ordinary ordinarily meal into something special, pretty much by giving me two cream spinaches, which was awesome. But um, just notice, by the way, it always comes back food. to food. I know it's right. food. It's food. <laughs> that was actually so much for you. I did that as a tribute to you, Lou. So. Um, but we'll go around it. We could probably go around all day and tell stories. That's what's so great. I'm sure. George, go ahead. What about you? Well, I was thinking back to one of the first trips that my wife and I took there. And the, inside the monorail, the contemporary, and just the fact that we were waiting in line and there was a very upset little girl. And a cast member, you know, monorail cast member just got down on her level, started talking to her, and they eventually got her singing Disney songs. And even though he was just focusing on her, it made my wife and I thrilled to see it. Everybody was so excited to uh, see that magic happen. And that's the one that always stands out, in my opinion, was just, even though he was making magic just for her, it just spread. Mm-hmm. And everybody that was waiting in line, it was, it was just a fantastic. That was, the, of course, the, as Tim said, the first of many uh, cast member experiences that we've had there. What about you, Glenn? Uh, one of my favorite experiences ever was I was actually... Um, pretty much stalking a Streetmosphere uh, character in the studios. <laughs> and we were walking down... I'm sure uh, it was one of his as well, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> we were walking down Sunset Boulevard, and he was talking was having a good time. And we saw a child and a mother leaving the uh, Tower of Terror area. And the child was insane in tears. He was just crying. So the... Uh, the Streetmosphere performer decided to try to entertain the child, but it turned out that the the child or the uh, mother did not speak any language known to man. So 
they were it was obviously there was going to be a disconnect uh so he was trying really hard to figure out what was going on and through some universal sign language of some sort they figured out that the child lost a hat on the tower of terror and he was so upset that he lost his hat and the mother was trying was just couldn't deal with it and was just trying to leave so the when when it was figured out the streetmosphere character walked into the the store right there right next to Beauty and the Beast and w- went to the hat wall and was showing him the different hats and um, it turned out that the hat would have been something purchased at another park down the road, which will oh. remain nameless. But so they couldn't obviously reproduce that. But he came out with another hat, and they were actually trying on different hats until the kids stopped crying and smiled, and they went outside and uh, moved on. And then the uh, then the streetmosphere performer brought everyone two servings of cream spinach, which was a. <laughs> In the in the hot summer, right outside. So. <laughs> right. Um. Now, Justin, what about you? Now, now, not from a, a CMO perspective, but from a, a guest perspective, because obviously you were you were a fan first. I mean, were there were there moments that you found that that maybe hit home for you, and maybe sort of led you to wanting to get the position that you now have? Uh, I have lots of them, and absolutely none of them include cream spinach. I, I apologize. I don't want to. I don't want to be out of the loop on this one. But um, I think that's okay, Justin. I think cream spinach is nasty. So okay, good. I was I was starting to wonder if I was the only one. That's good. Um, no, I think one of the real testaments is the fact that we started this off by saying that that you know we could go around for days coming up with you know with hundreds of them. If there was just one or two that jumped out. That would probably say that, okay, that there aren't that many exceptional cast members. But the fact that we have so many of them implies that this is not a, a rare treat. This is something that, that each and every one of them, you know, is exceptional at what they do. Um, and from the time I was a little kid, you know, my first trip to, to Walt Disney World was when I was five. And, you know, I still have pictures of meeting Mickey and Tigger and, and Alice. Apparently I, I had an Alice thing when I was five. I don't know. <laughs> Ah, the secrets are coming out about Justin. Okay, move along. Lots of, lots of pictures with Alice. But, um, you know, from that interaction of feeling like you are the only person that matters in that, you know, in that moment. They're, they're so good at that. Um, to even when I was uh, working as a high school band director in a former life, um, and I took my students down to Walt Disney World for a trip, um, a lot of the cast members in the Magic Music Days program that we had the chance to meet backstage who were teachers and and musicians and conductors who worked with the kids backstage in an entirely different capacity still captured every bit of of the magic and the way that they um the way that they talk to people the way that they conduct themselves around people um i can't narrow it down to one specific special story everything about them you know has been magical i agree and when i was trying to think of something i couldn't i couldn't put my finger on one, but I, I think I found through the years that it really is, it's the simple things for me. Um, it, it's, you know, a, a smile from a cast member or just that cheerfulness and that courtesy, that respect that they have and that feeling that every cast member really does care about every single guest. And it's never been about something tangible that you received um, other than that smile or other than that little bit of help 
that they've given you. And, and Justin, like I was saying, you know, I think you are in a very unique position because you are, and, and I'm not saying it because you're here and I have to, that, but you are the prototypical cast member. Um, we've all said it. We, we all agree. You were and still are the best choice for that position. You, you seem to embody so much about what we talk about, about the cast members, but you've also been able to see cast members from the opposite side, sort of from the, from the inside out. And now that you've gone through this, what do you think it is? I mean, what is it about the, the cast members? Is it the people? Is it the training? Is it is it something in the Florida water? <laughs> is, it, is it really is it really the cream spinach? Yeah, something in the cream spinach. That's it. I'm, I'm thinking. Yes, that's that's got to be what it is. No, it's. Um, I first of all, I really appreciate really appreciate the compliments, but I, I can assure you, I have not been at this long enough to be considered you know, prototypical by any stretch of imagination. Every time I visit a Disney park or work with somebody, I learn something new. I see somebody who's, uh, you know, an even better example than I ever could have imagined of, of the best guest service there is. And so there's always a, always a new bar to shoot for in, in regards to that. But as for your question, it has, um, I think it has to do with, with, with all of that. Um, it has, I mean, some of it is the magic. I mean, we all acknowledge it, it feels great to go to work when you know you're going to create magic for people every day. And if we all approached whatever our job is in that mindset, you know, that would help. Um, my experience has been that it is a combination of the people that hire great people. They, they, they really do. Every cast member I've met is a genuinely good person. Um, and they train them ridiculously well. They have a great process in place for training from traditions class all the way on through um, to how the managers and the team leaders can train and the, the information and the education that's available to cast members to keep them sharpening their skills and to keep improving what they do is, is very impressive. And they make, they make serious, I mean, it's, it's a big deal to Disney to make sure that their people are well-trained and well-educated and always in a position to, to be their best. They want them to succeed. And so it's, it's absolutely a combination of the fact that they get great people to start with and then they really do, you know, incredible things when it comes to, uh, to training. But it doesn't hurt that they're, uh, you know, in the midst of the most magical place on earth. So. Right. And, and I put this question out, out to each of you because I've wondered for a long time and I've asked everybody that I can. And I, and I recently talked to, to Lee Cockrell, uh, you know, who was in charge of all 60,000 of these cast members. You know, how do you think Disney's able to get that sense of commitment, that sense of performance from employees uh, who really have, they, I mean, they don't have any vested interest in the company. You know, the, some of the frontline cast members are not making, you know, incredibly sick LeBron James, you know, about amounts of money. How do you, how do you teach or how do you think that they're able to instill passion in each one of these cast members? All right, who wow. wants to be the first one? <laughs> Let's jump in on that one. Well, you said you, you recently talked to Lee Cockrell, um, and I'll put in a shameless plug for, for Lee's book, if, if anybody has had the chance to read it, Creating Magic, um, Secrets from the, from the Disney Institute that, that recently came out. Um, is, is, uh, there's information in there, there are stories in there from his time at Disney that really shed a lot of light on, on exactly that. Yeah, I think they everybody should probably check out Lee's book after they've read volumes one and two of the trivia <laughs> and have subscribed to Celebrations Magazine. Was, was that? Oh, and I forgot the audio guides. No, I, I think it's part of what 
Okay, I'll be serious now. <laughs> it's part of what we've seen. I mean, when you're in a work environment where, yeah, you're trying to create happiness and you see your coworkers doing it and you see the smiles and the happy people, I think it just breeds this sense of wanting to make people's time better, their vacations better. Uh, I mean, it's something I've wondered about as well. It's the pixie dust, what's in the water besides the sulfur, and, you know, what's going on? But I think a lot of it is by example. They've got a great leadership set up there, and, you know, a lot of people having a good time. I think that's part of it. They also have a built-in system that's been... uh that's uh, put into the water from from our birth pretty much we're around Disney as we grow up and a lot of people that show up to a job interview they're saying I want to go work for Disney uh, Mm -hmm. because it's been such an important part of my life which uh, that doesn't really happen with a lot of corporate jobs where you think, oh, I can't wait to go work for Florida Sanitation. That doesn't really happen. <laughs> uh, so people want to do well, and they they hunt out this type of job because they are that personality. They want to give back. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I think a lot of it probably has to do with just the history and the and, and everything that, it, that goes along with working for Walt Disney World and, and ultimately started by Walt Disney. I mean, the example is there right in front of you that what Walt Disney stood for with, with quality and making sure everything was just right and making sure the guest came first. And um, I said it's a little different, I guess, than working at you know the local super department store or anything like that. There's just so much history and, uh, and magic that's inherent there that you just know about as you walk in. Oh, absolutely. The legacy that, that has been there from the beginning. Um, you know, everything you talked about, the leadership that's in place, it absolutely is something where you and you see great examples all around you, you can't help but want to be better. You know, and, and you're again you're a part of the most magical thing going. And it's um the number of stories that I've heard of people who, you know, don't say, I want to be a blank in Disney World, fill in the blank, you know, whatever the position may be. They just say, I want to work for Disney. And the things that they are willing to give up, the the salary cuts they may be willing to take, the distance from home they're willing to move in order to just work in any capacity for the company. Like you guys are saying, you don't get that (laughs) in too many other, you know, too many other corporations where you get people who are willing to make those sacrifices just so that their name is associated with a, you know, with a company. And Disney has that brand and that magic with it. Right, and unlike people that go to work for, like you said, some of these other companies, they're not going there because of the paycheck oftentimes. It's because they believe in it and they love what they do. And I mean, look at the the college students and the retirees and the transplants from everywhere else in the country. People going, moving, picking up their family, moving to Orlando, not just to visit, but because they want to work there. Because getting that job and really being cast in that role, you know, when people get it, they react to their hiring like they've won something and I think that they do I think they've won a very unique opportunity that I know that I wish I could have taken advantage of or done the college program so I could have been a part of that and I think that like you said guys is the big difference is the role that they're being cast in and the opportunity that they're given just the word cast I mean that goes all the way back to the leadership and the corporate culture the brand that they've created but the idea that this is something bigger than a job this is more than just going to work 
this is your opportunity to be on stage, to be in a role and to do something incredible, to make somebody's day better. You know, they, they put that expectation, that higher goal out from, from the moment, you know, from the moment you walk in to, to even apply for a job, that it's, you know, casting. It's not employment office. It's the casting office. Um, and that sets the tone right up front. I remember it, it's fun. It, I think it's the idea of being able to give a little bit of magic out whenever you can is, is huge. I remember just myself, a little story. We were at the test track um, attraction and they were, we had two, my daughter and I had two fast passes, but they were expiring and we actually didn't really feel like going again. And I went over and they just had shut down the fast pass machines and there was a couple who I could tell it was their first time there. They were ready to go. At the time, the wait was forever. And the look on their face when there were no more fast passes, they were so disappointed. And I walked up to them and this is probably illegal, I think, but I gave them my two fast passes <laughs> and said, enjoy yourself, walk in. And, the, you know, this, the, just the look on their face was something I'll carry forever. And that was my little bit of giving the magic. And I can't imagine being able to do that all day long as your job. Uh, it's got to be the most incredible thing. I mean, I just experienced it for a brief instant, and I got a match for a cast member. It's just got to be a dream come true. You can do that with everybody. Just give little pieces of magic everywhere and, and make somebody's day extra special. Right, I, I agree. I think that no matter what your role is, whether you're a custodian to an entertainer to a cashier to an attraction host, you all sort of have that same belief and I think that your job first and foremost and, and you guys are and Justin especially correct me if I'm wrong I think your job first and foremost might not necessarily be to make sure the streets are clean but to be sure that the guests are, are happy absolutely your, your first goal is to make magic every day that's that's absolutely the, the first priority um, the the part of the world that you are in to make that magic the costume you are wearing or the um, you know, specifics about your, you know, your position vary with each cast member, but the first priority is the same, um, to go out and to make magic every day. Right. And, and I run into something all, all the time where, you know, we take a lot of this for granted because we, we've had the opportunity to go, in my case, like every other week down to Disney. So we see it all the time, but oftentimes there are people maybe who have not been to Disney or don't understand it or, or haven't gone yet. And you try and explain to them that it's so much more than about attractions and shows and funnel cake. How much of a factor do you think it is? Or maybe how would you explain to somebody that doesn't understand or has never been before the cast members play in not just the popularity of Walt Disney World, but really the success of it and sort of what separates Disney from any other place, I mean, anywhere in the world? And I'll, I'll I think it would actually you'd have to it, you'd have to actually experience it. It's probably something we can't explain because it all would sound like gobbledygook. It would just sound like, oh yeah, sure, the cast members are nice. They're wearing little little mouse ears. Oh, they're so great. But I think you it's probably difficult to convince somebody that that is part of the success. Yeah, I would agree with Glenn. I mean, I had a really good friend just go down for the first time with his three kids and his wife, which was good to take everybody, and. He just came back completely overwhelmed. He said, I thought you were crazy as much as you talked about it. He goes, but everything was perfect. And he actually told me a few cast member stories, which really surprised me that they had great interactions with people, with the younger kids there. And he said there was nothing you could do to prepare me for it. Honestly, just we just went and had a great time, and it was fantastic. You know, that, that might be 
part of the magic because you can't really explain it without having experiencing it on your own. And um, like I say you can talk about it forever, but until you experience it, it's it's so it's pretty much foreign to everybody with how they deal with day to day. And and, I, and I'm like you guys, that pretty much everyone I know that goes down there. Um, they might talk about their favorite ride and so forth, but it, it's it's not very long before they talk about a cast member and what this particular one did to make their trip magical, and it's 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 what everybody has something to say about it, which is great. Exactly, and that's exactly what I was going to say next. Is I think the people that come back and have such great experiences, it's good, it's always the stories always involve something above and beyond. Wow, you know, Finding Nemo was awesome, or my kids really loved Test Track. There is a cast member. There is that magical moment that's there and for whatever reason and I'm happy that it's the case you don't hear about this anywhere else Walt Disney World and, and obviously probably Disneyland and, and some of the other Disney parks around the world are the only places that you get it and I guess that's why we keep going back and why people know that they go back and, and are sort of guaranteed that the experience and, and their expectation levels are so high and it's, and it's because of the cast members and we mentioned the word um, cast members because it, rather than a, a cast is a performer, so they don't do their job there. Everyone goes and does their job. At Disney, they perform their jobs. Hmm. Well, very very well spoken, Mr. Whalen. Bravo. You get a gold <laughs> star for that one. <laughs> no, that's, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely the case, though. It, and it's, they are integral to, to absolutely everything. There is no aspect of Walt Disney World that I can think of, no attraction or restaurant or resort that I can think of that is separate somehow from the cast members associated with it. I mean, they are, they are integral. They're every bit as, as important to the operations of the Magic Kingdom as having Space Mountain is. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. And um, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, evidenced by the fact that you put them on your list of seven wonders, um, in a lot of cases, especially for people who are veterans of the parks and travel a lot, the cast members are almost an attraction in and of themselves. You know, people go there specifically to interact with cast members, to trade pins, to talk to people, to meet someone from a part of the world you've never been to before. And, and in, a neat, in a neat way, they've really grown into their own attraction in a, in a lot of ways. And, and you must have been reading my notes because that's exactly, I mean, almost verbatim, that's what I had, is that many of the cast members, whether it's, you know, the guy that you see all the time that, that you know, is totally into his role over a Tower of Terror, or John, the, the, the piano player on Main Street, or Miyuki, the candy artist, or whoever it might be, somewhere around, you go specifically to see them, whether they're an entertainer or not. Sometimes you often go back because of the experiences you had, or you wanted to show this person to somebody else that you might be bringing for the first time. Or you may just want to stalk one of them. Well, well in Glenn's <laughs> Glenn, case, sure. Just, I, no, I was talking about Glenn. So, <laughs> with the street atmosphere. I think the most amazing part of all this is that unlike uh, the other wonders that you had on your list and all the other things we like, um, like if you're talking about a spaceship Earth, say, well, this is something that was imagineered and put together and, and plussed and, and and is the way it is uh, but with the cast members the the thing I find amazing is that these are people and every day they have to do this and it's not like you just flip their switch and they go they, they have to do this every day and I think like for all the people you just mentioned Lou for the person going to, to Walt Disney World this is the one time they're going to experience this cast member's 
thing, whatever they do, whether it's a streetmosphere person or, or whatever. But for the cast member, this is something they do this every day. And right. every day they do it. Like, I, I, you can imagine how easy it would be probably after a few months of doing this. It's routine. It's ho-hum. I got to do this again. I have to do the Jungle Cruise spiel one more time. But it's amazing that every time they do it, you know, they give it their all. And, uh, you know, I remember one time I was on the great movie ride and the, and the cast member was giving their best performance to try and do the thing. And it was a half full car and the, the crowd was kind of lackluster, which he was trying so hard. And I kind of felt a little bad for it. And at the end, I just went up and told him, you did a great job, even though nobody was really into it. But I'm just amazed that day after day, they continue to do it when it would be, you know, it'd be pretty easy to follow a new routine and just kind of go ho-hum, here we go again. Right, and I think that that almost goes to answer the question that I was going to put to each of you next, which is, you know, why are they a wonder? And Tim, you know, yours is because day after day, they perform their role with such pride, with such passion. And George and Glenn and, and Justin, you know, why do you think, if you had to sort of, you know, quantify it into, into a single thing, why do you think that they're a wonder? Oh, boy. I, I think it just comes down to the interactions in the stories that you can tell. Um, it, most of you guys have met me and know you wouldn't want to walk with me in the ye old Christmas shop, you know, like a bull in the china <laughs> shop. Um, especially after a, uh, uh, what was that you said, Lou? Right there being a funnel cake? A funnel cake. Um, <laughs> funnel cake, yes. But we were there picking out ornaments on our last vacation in October, and the nine year old was antsy, didn't want to be, he wanted to be on a ride. He was, you know, we're heading to Splash Mountain. He was kind of bouncing around. He tried to get out of a lady's way, you know, because, you know, I tried to teach him to be polite. He backed into a display, and four ornaments fell off. The display <laughs> hit the ground and shattered. The tears, the tears. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to restart that? No, that's fine. Keep that was an appropriate sound effect. I like exactly. That. He was in the back. He said it was only one ornament. I just got corrected, but that's okay. I was going to make it more dramatic. But the tears came. He got very upset, and a cast member came over and tried to be a little... Uh, at first, he tried to be a little funny to try to relieve the pressure of what happened, and he realized it wasn't doing any good for my child. That you know, he was like very upset. Took him aside, talked about what had happened, and made him feel better. Wouldn't get in any trouble. And I think it's the fact that they get to interact with people on a daily basis, and as we said, make people happy. And you know, he made us happy. I was thinking, well, here's a credit card. Let me pay for that ornament. And, <laughs> Of course, he says it happens all the time here. We probably should put those in a different place. But he knew exactly how to take care of us, make us feel better, make our vacation better uh, from the daily interactions because they do it day in and day out. And I think that's part of what they have there. And, you know, it's just I was glad it wasn't me that knocked over the ornament. That's all I can say. <laughs> this, this time anyway. <laughs> exactly. So it was, it was his turn. Uh, but, yeah, it's just there are uh, – they're amazing people to do what they can do day in and day out. And I think it's because they're around the magic. They're around other people. They're around people on vacation that want to have a good time. And they're the rabid people like us that go down there and, you know, want to have a good time. So I think it's interesting. A lot of the story things uh, that we come up with have to do with the surprise of the element. Uh, because if you if you go trying to force yourself to get a good experience, it's probably not going to work. Uh, I remember going up to the front gate at the studios once when I found out that I think Bear in the Big Blue House was closed and my niece wanted to see it. And it was like uh, 
four o'clock in the afternoon and rather than buying two tickets to go in when there was going to be nothing open that she would want to see i went up to a very nondescript cast member wasn't a big smile or anything like that and i said you know hey is is anything going to be happening in there that a six-year-old is going to enjoy and she like didn't even answer and all she did was open the gate and let us in and wow. that was it wow. she was like Go, oh, let me write know. that down. What was it again? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, hey, is there anything? Magic so, words. I was serious. Like, <laughs> said, yeah, go in because you know the, the bear in the big blue house is not open, but I'm sure you'll still have a good in time, a good time. And I was like, wow. And it was it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting the oh well, Fantasmic will be on at seven. She'll enjoy that. You know, that, that's what I was expecting. And she just opened the gate and we went in. Wow. I, I tried it the next day and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you have your niece with you, though? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> is, is there anything that my 26-year-old girlfriend... But I wore a little outfit. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. For, uh, for me to try to narrow it down to, you know, just, just one concise reason why there are, why the cast members are would be considered a wonder is, uh, is, is really hard. Um, the biggest... Well, I can't even say the biggest. One of the reasons... For me, having had the chance to meet so many of them and work with them and see them off-duty, so to speak, you know, backstage, and, and to really hear their stories, this is real for them. It's not an act. It's not something they they do because, uh, you know, you got to do something to make money. They, they invest time and energy in thinking and dreaming and coming up with, you know, how am I going to, to make somebody's vacation more magical tomorrow? You know, were there any opportunities I missed today that I want to make sure I don't miss tomorrow to do something, to do something incredible for someone? I mean, they really passionately care about it, which is a huge thing. And the other, the other factor, I guess, for me is that um, Splash Mountain is one of my favorite rides. Ooh, yes. I, yay! I absolutely love Splash Mountain. <laughs> okay, but since I've been going to Disney World, Splash Mountain hasn't changed. You know, it's still the same attraction every time I'm there. I notice different details. I sing different portions of the songs. I laugh at different <laughs> gags, but it's it's the same attraction. What's different about it each time is the cast members that I meet, the person waving at you as you push off in your log on your way, you know, to, to start your journey, and whether you can get them to smile at you or wave or do something funny um, makes the experience unique each time. And and someday, you know, we're living in a world where technology moves at such a fast rate. Someday, somebody. Will, will will catch up in terms of technology. You know, the technology of the attractions or the, the theme park experience, someday you'll be able to experience incredible attractions at other places. Possibly. I, I don't really know if that's true, but let's <laughs> do, go with Do that other places something. even exist? What are these I, other places you people keep talking about? <laughs> people keep about? talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry, someday <laughs> someone will create another place. We'll go with that. Then. <laughs> um, but, but the one area that I'm convinced that, that no one else will ever be able to catch up in is in the people, is in the cast members. You might be able to go ride a great coaster somewhere, but I promise you, you will not have the chance to meet as many great people as you have in Disney World. And that's, that's what makes it a wonder to me. Right. And it's why we're sitting here talking about it. I mean, honestly, you don't, I mean, I, I, not that I'm aware of, again, you talk about these other places. All I know is there's, there's the airport in Disney, and that's all I think exists in Central Florida. But we're sitting here week after week, time after time, talking about the place, talking about the people and for me it's always been those very small very unheralded moments that many of you guys mentioned that make it for me um and 
the things that I uh, that I see that the cast members do and the way that they are, and the fact that I think that it's contagious. I, I think that we, when we get down there, we as guests almost act differently. You know, we'll be there in the middle of July and it's 412 degrees with 95% humidity. And the way we act towards each other is almost as a result of how the cast members are making us feel. Um, I've seen more courtesy, more respect, more friendliness between people in Walt Disney World than you see anywhere. Uh, you know, it, it, and I think it's, it sort of trickles down from the cast member. And I think it, that that trickle down I felt started way back with Walt. It continues to this day. And I, I think for each individual guest, they have their own reason. And, and there's, you know, way too many to list on your own. I'm sure people who are listening are saying, well, this is what it is for me. And I think that's why so many people were compelled to share their stories or, you know, cast their vote or even single out cast members. And like you guys said, by name. I mean, we know these people by name. And and a lot of people actually also wrote to me, they wrote full-blown letters and say, hey, as long as you're doing this, can you can you take this? Can you somehow pass this on? Which I did. And and I and they weren't just a line or two. I mean, they were full-blown letters that literally went on for pages. And some people actually called in and sort of recorded their own testimonials. And I think the fact that so many people also took the time is indicative of the fact that we all feel the same way. And it's that testament to what you guys mentioned before, the leadership and the morale and the recognition that they get for a job well done. Um, and it's just something that you can't quantify, you can't qualify that each and every cast member seems to possess. Well, like you said, it seems to kind of generate itself. It's passed on to, to the guests who are there, and it is. It, it, you never underestimate the power of a genuine, sincere smile. You know, when, when a cast member smiles at you and you look in their eyes and you know that they mean it, they're genuinely, legitimately happy that you are there that day, you're far more likely to smile at the next person that you see. And it might seem a little schmaltzy on the surface, but it works. Everyone feels better about the experience. And it's and it's one of those things that once you get that feeling started, it, 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 it kind of keeps going, whether you, whether, whether you want it to or not. People are just going to feel good about being there. Absolutely. And, you know, I sort of, in wrapping up, I'd say that remember that the next time you're in Walt Disney World, that that level of expectation that we all have and that I think that is always met for us comes not just from the great hotels or the great meals or, or the wonderful rides, but it comes from the people. It comes from the smiles that they have and the smiles that they generate for us that make it happen for us and can be found nowhere else. And I would therefore ask that next time you go to Walt Disney World, Take the time and interact with the cast members as much as possible. Talk to them. Learn about them. Get involved. I promise you, it will really add to your experience. And if possible, thank them. Whether it be to their face, to shake their hand, to just say thank you, or even go so far as to tell somebody in guest relations, all, or call Walt Disney World to guest communications and point out that exceptional cast member by name. They will appreciate it, and for them, that is what's going to make their day or their memories for them. And I think that's a great way for us to sort of show our appreciation. And don't forget to get the cream spinach. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I have a feeling I'm getting 20 cases of cream? (laughs) (laughs) Just in time for Christmas. (laughs) 
It was good. <laughs> well, well, does everybody here like funnel cakes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Funnel cakes. Not too. together. Not together. <laughs> oh. Let's see. The top ten foods we don't want to eat together at Walt Disney World. Um, <laughs> next segment. So... So, I mean, guys, is there anything that, that um, I'll give you sort of the, the final word, you know, George, Glenn, Tim, and Justin, um, anything that you want to say sort of in, in closing? Uh, yeah, Lou, I agree with you on choosing the cast members as the, uh, probably the greatest of the seven wonders, just because we wouldn't have what we have today without them. And we talked that Walt knew what was important, you know, knew that he had to train the people, the cast to do what he felt was necessary to make Disneyland such an incredible place and it's just gone on from there and it's such a legacy and I know I get excited when I meet people that are cast members and get to become friends with them and realize yeah they really are this happy and they really enjoy their jobs and they went to the job with that much excitement and they still have it they still have the magic and it's still a part of what they do and you know the fact that they can make my vacation that much better you know whether it's a free bag of Cheetos on my five-year-old's birthday that he was wanting or, you know, making somebody else happy. And I get to see it and I get to be part of that. So it's just, I, I salute the cast members and thank them for everything that they do. Glenn? You know, I guess with uh, part of our duty as the Disney community is to uh, encourage people to look at things differently. You say, you know, you say look up. Uh, but it's also take a look at the cast members. It might be something that we don't notice. And actually, you can recommend... Uh, looking at a cast member and you're more likely to get a, an agreement than saying, oh, you're going to love Space Mountain and someone say, oh, I hurt my neck on Space Mountain. Uh, if you say, look at a, look look at the cast member interactions, they're going to notice that. True. Tim? Yeah, I know I know. Uh, one thing I was going to add there was the uh, commonality that a lot of people had was it was situations when something went wrong. And that's that's where I think the cast members really have a chance to shine is when they get to fix something for you like uh, that we've talked about we had many examples of it and that's something you definitely don't get in a lot of other places and that what makes it so magical down there and I know this is not meant to be a shameless plug but <laughs> first our first issue of celebrations that that we all worked on together uh, I mean we all felt so strongly about it our lead article in our very first issue was the secret behind the magic and with all the things we talked about the conclusion was it's the people that are the secret behind the magic and for many people first and foremost the cast members that bring that magic to life so that's not a shameless plug at all it's actually a <laughs> testament to the fact that that this whole yeah. conversation is is for the right reasons i mean you guys are, are you know putting out a debut issue of this magazine and, and the conclusion you come to is it's it's absolutely about the people and um, you know, Lou, as you said, I'm so blessed to be in a unique position this year where um, I can compare my experiences as a guest with with new experiences as cast members. I can interact with some of the cast in, in different ways than I ever thought possible. And absolutely across the board in every scenario, um, I walk away impressed by who these people are, by how much they care, and by what they're, what they're willing to do, what they're willing to invest in this in order to go above and beyond and make something more magical for people. And, and, you know, without question, there's there's just no doubt in my mind that it's the cast members that make Walt Disney World or any of the Disney parks the destination, the repeat vacation destination that they are. That's, there's just there's nothing else that's going to draw me back as much as the people. And the funnel cake. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. On the phone. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, guys, uh, I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm sure the people listening do as well, maybe for their own reasons. But uh, George Taylor from Imagine Nerding, Glenn Whalen from Passamaquoddy, Tim Foster from Guide to the Magic and Celebrations and Top Ten, and of course, everybody's first and favorite CMO, Justin Machoni. Guys, thanks so much for helping me sort of put into words what I think all of us sort of understands about the cast members. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Luke. Thank you. And goodbye, George's son. (laughs) Yeah, did you just hear that? He was was good the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. I, I really could go on and on about all the great experiences that we've had courtesy of Walt Disney World cast members. It was a small thing, but it meant a lot to me as a kid, and it means a lot to me today. And that's, you know, that, that's part of the Disney magic, and, and that's what makes uh, the Walt Disney World Resort so special. It's not Mickey. It's not, it's not the Walt Disney legacy. It's the people who, who make it come to life. So it was a very, very sweet thing and something we'll never, ever forget. And it's just one of those reasons, you know, that the cast members definitely are one of the seven wonders. Since I met a lot of really cool cast members that were super cool, I got a picture and an autograph with them. I just have a whole book filled up with cast members instead of actual characters. Because they're pretty cool and they're they're all really nice. It's just one of those things that makes uh, the cast members really stand out, even the ones that are you know, behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see and, and maybe get a magical moment from. But there's a lot of people who you know, make the place tick that you don't see on a day-to-day basis. And they're also just as special as the ones out there in the parks that uh, you're interacting with. Truly, the cast members are the best thing at Walt Disney World, far and on. It's just a sweet touch. And that's, I think, what makes Disney so special for all of us is that these cast members just go out of their way to make everything so special. So just thought I'd share my little magical moment. This is Michael Brogy. I've been writing Walt Disney history now for about 20 years and uh, started my career as a cast member at Disneyland in 1960. And the park was just five years old, and it was in the days when Walt Disney himself was walking around the park. We'd see him almost every day or so. And those were magical times, and we weren't even called cast members in those days. I was a ride operator on on the Autopia, the Mine Train, all the Fantasyland attractions. In thinking back and in addressing the importance of the cast members at Walt Disney World, uh, the thought comes to mind that Walt made a very important statement that you can build the most incredible place in the world, but nothing counts unless you have the right people. And certainly Disneyland and Walt Disney World uh, reflect the visionary thinking of Walt. But he recognized the value of the individuals who portrayed roles on stage as cast members. And he was very, very interested in the opinions of cast members. Often he would uh, approach uh, cast members of all levels didn't matter if you're pushing a broom or or painting a sign or or doing paperwork in an office. Uh, it was open territory for Walt to come up and ask you about your job, what you liked about it, what your challenges were, and so on. And he made it personal, and he listened carefully to what people said, as he did to guests that came to the park, because he always looked at Disneyland and and his vision for Walt Disney World, which unfortunately he never got to see. But he saw them as works in progress, that they weren't cast in stone. They were dynamic 
changeable, uh, could be altered and edited, uh, unlike his films. Once they were done, they were done. And he enjoyed the fact that uh, Disneyland could constantly be improved, and uh, or as he said, plussed up. So I think when we look at the broad landscape of Disney, both Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and we look at the ingredients that it takes to make such a tremendous operation successful, from the first greeting at the uh, ticket booth, uh, the reception uh, from parking attendants, to uh, the people that staff the shops on Main Street and all the uh, ride operators throughout the park, the costume characters, uh, security personnel, the people that we never see, the people that clean the park at night. Uh, there are untold stories of the dynamic role that cast members play, and not just the onstage folks, all the people that it takes to support this amazing amazing operation. So as one Disney historian, uh, I say uh, hats off to all cast members. And now I understand at Disneyland there's some 250,000 of us that have worked at Disneyland. And though we may go on in other careers, in other paths, that you always look back on the time that you spent as a cast member, that is a special mark on your resume that you never forget, no matter where your, your path takes you. So I say congratulations to all cast members for the job that you've done or the job you're doing. And it's probably one of the most important uh, jobs that uh, you will ever have is uh, having the opportunity uh, to work uh, in the Disney empire. It's time to announce the winner of last week's trivia contest. And once again, I want to say thanks to all of you for playing, especially over the Thanksgiving holiday. As you recall, the questions last week were all about celebrities at Walt Disney World. And the first one kind of took you way back a little bit. And I asked, what talk show host could be found in the former superstar television attraction over at the Disney MGM Studios? And the correct answer was Johnny Carson. Now... Some of you wrote in and you put as your answer David Letterman. David Letterman actually was not correct. He was actually seen in the pre-show outside the theater of the Monster Sound Show. And some of you also put down Chevy Chase. And while Chevy Chase was awesome in Caddyshack and most of the vacation ones, he was actually not in Superstar Television. He was actually seen in the Monster Sound Show and... Believe me, if you ever saw his talk show, you'd probably agree that he doesn't qualify as a talk show host. I think his show lasted, what, five weeks, five minutes. I'm kidding, of course. I love Chevy Chase as an actor, and I actually quote him quite often when I get to the parks first thing in the morning because I say, first one's here, first one's here. Anyway, that was the first question. It was Johnny Carson. The second one I asked, in Ellen's Energy Adventure, who plays Ellen's college friend, stupid Judy? And that answer was Jamie Lee Curtis. 
The third question was Jason Alexander, who played George Costanza in TV Seinfeld, can be heard in what Walt Disney World attraction? He actually plays the voice of Acorn Weevil in It's Tough to Be a Bug. And the winner this week, randomly selected from all of the correct entries, is David Racker from Angwin, California. David, congratulations. Please send me your address. I'll get you out your prizes right away. And you won, of course, both audio guides to Walt Disney World and a 2009 Walt Disney World trivia page a day calendar. Of course, for those of you that did not win, thank you very much for playing. Congratulations if you got all three answers correct. But like I said last week, you guys seem to really be enjoying these contests. And I figured, why not? Let's do it again this week. So this week, the theme that I decided to go with is going to be the Wayback Machine. So I'm going to ask you some questions about Walt Disney World from the past. And once again, you're going to be playing for both audio guides to Walt Disney World, Main Street USA and Adventureland, and a copy of my 2009 Walt Disney World Trivia page-a-day calendar. So get ready. Good luck. Here you go. Here's your first question. What was the original name of the Astro Orbiter? Your second question. What was the motto of excess technology from the extraterrestrial alien encounter? And third and finally, who was the hostess of the Kitchen Cabaret Show at the Land Pavilion in Epcot's Future World. So there you go. Original name of Astro Orbiter, the motto of excess technology, and the hostess of Kitchen Cabaret at the Land. Again, you'll have until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Daylight Savings Time on Saturday, December 6th. You can email your answer to me at lou at wdwradio.com. Again, we'll have just one winner this week, who we randomly chosen from all the correct entries. So good luck, and once again, have fun. Thanks again for tuning in this week. That's all the time we have on this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun talking about the Christmas party and, of course, the cast members. Thanks also go to my guests, Lori, Glenn, George, Tim, and Justin for joining me this week, as well as everybody who emailed me, called into the voicemail, and played in this week's contest. Speaking of my guests, please go by. Be sure and visit their websites and blogs, which I will link to, obviously, in this week's show. Lori is wewantstheredhead.blogspot.com. George and his brother Andy are over at imaginerding.com. Glenn's blog is passamaquati.blog.com. And Tim's is guidetothemagic.com, as well as, of course, Celebrations Press. And we can't leave Justin out, because remember, if you want to share maybe your stories of some exceptional cast members with Justin, you can go and visit his website, really, which is dreamcmo.com. Click on the Contact Justin button. He promises that he will be able to pass along any notes about exceptional cast member service along to the appropriate leaders. So go by and check that out again. That's Dream CMO. I'll link all these up in this week's show notes. But if you have a question that maybe you want read on the air, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the new toll-free voicemail at 888-703-2171. That's 888-703-2171. 2171, you know, I love it when you call in with feedback, comments, suggestions, or again, just calling in from the parks to say hi. And if you have a segment suggestion, by all means, call that in as well. Last week, I mentioned some special pricing and discounts over in the DisneyWorldTrivia.com store. 
for my signed Walt Disney World trivia books, audio guides, and 2009 page-a-day calendar. I am going to, in the spirit of the season, I'm going to keep that going for a while longer. The price of the calendar is is reduced by $3 to just $7 each. Plus, I'm giving you an additional 10% off anything in the store, books, CDs, whatever, if you use the coupon code at checkout, WDW Radio, one word. And everybody in their order also gets a free lanyard and badge holder as well. Again, that's the shop over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. Obviously, you've heard me talking about Celebrations Magazine. If you've received or purchased your first issue, whether it's by subscription or just a single issue, I hope you enjoyed it and look forward to issue two, which will be coming out soon. Happy to hear that so many of you really like uh, what we put together. We're really proud of it and so thankful to everybody that contributed to the magazine. Don't forget that if you want to subscribe or order any back issues, one or two, you can go and visit celebrationspress.com. Special thanks, as always, to all of my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider for all of your Disney vacation planning needs. All-Star Vacation Homes, who still has an exclusive discount for listeners where you can get a free rental car and $50 gas card. And Owner's Locker, where they still have their exclusive offer for $50 off the sign-up fee. You'll find links to all those in this week's show notes. Don't forget, Mouse Fest is right around the corner. If you are coming, if you're planning on coming to any of my meets, please come by the forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. There you'll see links to each of the meets, as well as an informal list of who's attending. No obligation, no need to RSVP, but we'd love to know if you're coming by. Remember, I'll be doing PodFest on Friday afternoon at the studios, my Saturday night Illuminations meet in front of the Tory Gate in Japan, and Trivia Fest on Sunday. I'll put links, times, all the information in the show notes again this week. And speaking of MouseFest meets and one of my guests this week, I also want to encourage you to go and stop by Tim Foster's meet on Saturday the 13th. That's right after the mega meet. That's the Guide to the Magic Epcot Tour for kids and parents too. They're going to meet at the Upside Down Waterfall over at the Imagination Pavilion at 5 p.m. The tour is going to be about two hours, last one until about 7 o'clock, so you'll have plenty of time for dinner and illuminations that night. You're going to tour Journey into Imagination, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, and Spaceship Earth. Along the way, Tim's going to have games, scavenger hunts, prizes. Also, probably learn a few secrets along the way. I can be sure of that. Please RSVP Tim over at tfoster at tgfdesign.com. I'll put that email in the show notes. Uh, It's important that you RSVP. This way, Tim, make sure he brings enough prizes and giveaways for everybody again tim's meet guide to the magic tour for kids and parents too in epcot 5 p.m saturday december 13th right after the mega mouse meet if you're thinking of stopping by please email tim or for more information you can go and visit mousefest.org we're just five shows away from show number 100 and like i said we're going to celebrate by asking for your help with the dream team project that's our fundraising initiative to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. 100 is the magic number, so we said let's try and reach 100% of our goal by show number 100. Donations are collected through a secure page over at firstgiving.com. The link is on the show notes. To date, we have more than $41,000. Our goal is $45,000. We're close. I can feel it. I know we can do it. And again, anything that you guys can do to help us out will be greatly appreciated, and you will really be able to help make the dreams of a terminally or chronically ill child and their families come true by allowing them to visit Walt Disney World. So thank you again for any help that you've been able to provide, anything you can do in the future. 
on upcoming shows as we approach show number 100. Lots of exciting stuff coming up, so stay tuned. And remember, if you are a new listener, please, I invite you to go back, check out some of the older shows. Most of the content in there is not really time-specific. I think you'll find some topics and interviews that you'll probably enjoy. If you go to the show archive and the show directory in the navigation bar on the site, you can get a list of all the shows by date and by topic. I think you might find something in there that you'll enjoy. To comment on the show, talk about it with other listeners, please visit the WDW Radio Show forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. And as always, if you like the show, you know what I'm going to say. Please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Come review us on iTunes. Say hi over on Facebook or follow my instant updates on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Lou I update there all the time. You can get notifications by email, in Twitter, or even on your cell phone. While I'm in the parks, I love playing the Where in the World game. At MouseFest, I'll be updating, Twittering like crazy, updating, letting you guys know where I am, exactly what's going on. Again, you can sign up for free over at twitter.com. Links to these are all in the show notes. And of course, my friends, thank you again for taking the time out of your week to tune in. So until next time, I hope you have a wonderful, fantastic, awesome week. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Lori from Snellville, Georgia, checking in from the world. It's Sunday, November 23rd. It's a glorious day here at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And I just wanted to tell you that we took your advice and slowed down. My husband and I have spent the entire day here. We were here at Rope Drop at 8 a.m. and just took our time and explored all the side trails, we met a really wonderful cast member named Drew in Discovery on the Discover Island Trails. He basically became our personal tour guide, took us around, showed us all the little nooks and crannies, even showed us how to spot the ant on the Tree of Life through the ant colony carved into the walls in the Discovery Island Trails. So thanks, Lou. We really appreciate the hint. We've had a great day here, and we will encourage everybody else to take your advice, too, and to slow down and to enjoy Animal Kingdom for the way it was designed. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Bye now. Hey, Lou. It's Mummy Kirby. I am a new listener to the WDW radio show. I am 15 years old, and it might sound odd that just like a little teenager would be listening to a show that just talks about Disney World news, but I am a big fan of Disney World, and I just, I've been there twice, and it's just one of my most favorite places to be. I was just browsing on iTunes um, uh, um, uh, this last night, and um, uh, I just wanted to find a podcast that would be interesting, and I just typed in randomly theme parks, and one of the first ones I got up was this Walt Disney World one. So I decided to try it out. I'm subscribed to it. And it is, I have to say, it's a pretty cool podcast. It's really cool how, like, it's very unlikely that you would make a podcast where you just announce news about Walt Disney World. I never knew so much in Walt Disney World would be happening every week. Um, I am a big Hidden Mickey fan, so every time I go to Walt Disney World, I want to search for Hidden Mickeys. Um, uh, Space Mountain is my favorite ride at Magic Kingdom. The last time I went was last year. Unfortunately, we didn't get to go to see the year because we went to California instead, and no, we did not go to Disneyland either. Um, uh, but hopefully we'll, we'll, our family will raise enough money we can go a third time. So... I just wanted to say hi. I'm a new listener. I look forward to more shows in the future. So keep up the good work. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is Woody and... Disney. And we're here at the Magic Kingdom, and we're having an absolutely fabulous time. Wish you were here. We have uh, focused more on food on this trip, thanks to you. We've stopped at uh, what we went to Wave, and we went to... 
lymphoma, and we went to the Yak and Yeti, and all were fantastic, and thanks for your recommendation. Uh, just wanted to call and say hello from the park, because that seemed like the right thing to do. Thanks so much for being our radio host, and uh, have a great day. Lou, hi, it's Jason from Kentucky. Love listening to your show. My wife, mother, and two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and I just got back from Disney about a week ago. Love every moment of it. Thank you very much, Lou, and have a great weekend.